Sovereign Grace Chapel, located at 135 Annabelle Lane in Beaver, West Virginia, invites you to listen to a gospel message concerning Jesus Christ our Lord. like to follow along, I'm going to be in the 33rd Psalm, Psalm 33, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 8, <clears throat> Psalm 33, verse 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. And I'm going to just stop right there. I heard a saying this week and it really kind of struck me and the saying is this for those who understand no explanation is needed for those who do not understand no explanation will suffice that's pretty good isn't it I did I thought I liked that now let me tell you something I looked it up it's one to see who said it, because I knew the guy who I'd heard it from didn't make it up, but, you know. Uh, well, if you Google search this thing online, it comes up with the fact that uh, some guy whose name I can't pronounce said it. But then I looked even further, and it also said, and I'm sure this was before this other fella, because he was much younger, Jerry Lewis said that. I have no idea why. I don't know what his application was. But I do agree with the sentiment of this statement. However, I searched a little farther, and I found out that Jerry Lewis borrowed this saying from Thomas Aquinas. Isn't that something? Now, he paraphrased it and changed it a little bit because this is what Thomas Aquinas said. To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. And that's the truth. That's the truth. I like that. I remember years ago when Henry Mahan says, you want me to explain that? He says, I'm not in the explaining business. This is what he means. We are not here to explain. We're here to preach. We're here to preach and we're here to proclaim the word of God, the word of the Lord. Because here it is, if you believe, if you've been given faith, the faith of Jesus Christ, 
you'll believe his word. You may not understand it all. You won't understand it all. I can pretty much guarantee you that. But you'll believe it because you believe him. And here's the other part. Those who do not have faith will not believe his word. They'll flat out deny it. They'll twist it. They'll rest it to their own destruction. That's what the scripture says. The question is this. Will you hear his word? Will you believe his word? So here's what the Lord has said. This is in verse 12 where I'm going to be preaching. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. All right. Blessed is the nation is where I'm going to start. Now let me get this out of the way before we go any further. I am not going to preach about the USA. I am not going to preach about America. Because I will not tell you that America is a Christian nation. I will not tell you that America has ever been a Christian nation. Because it hasn't. And that's not what this scripture is referring to. Now I know some people like to think that. That at least America was a Christian nation. No. No it wasn't. And no it's not. But it does say here, blessed is the nation whose Lord, whose God is the Lord. That's what this psalm is about. But I had to look at this word because I wanted to know. And here's the thing. This Hebrew word translated nation here. You want to know what it means? And this, is, this amazed me. It means foreign people. In a Jewish psalm, written by a Jew, and right here with the Jew, because when you get to where it says, where is it? blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people. The people are Jewish. The nation is a foreign people. And they're in the same boat. In the Old Testament, they're in the same boat. Now, isn't that amazing? You understand, you will not find the word Gentiles in the book of Psalms. It doesn't say the word Gentiles. Now, in the last half of Isaiah, you'll find it all over the place. And in him, the Gentiles will trust. But I'm going to tell you that, that's what he's saying here in this book of Psalms. This is talking about Gentiles. This is talking about foreign people. Blessed is the nation. It's a group of people. It's not a political boundary. It's never been a political boundary. Even when it was Israel and Judah. God has his people out of every tribe and kindred under the earth. And nation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a Jewish psalm which is referring to Gentiles with the Jews. And understand this. This nation, the people of God, has always been, is now, and ever shall be, at one time, few in number. Yeah. Few in number. Now, let's be clear. 
the Lord has always had his people from the beginning. But they've always been a few people. You can look through the scriptures. I'll just give you a couple here. Noah and his family. That was it. At one time, that was it. Noah and his family out of the whole world. Then when Elijah was running for his life and said, Lord, they seek to kill me. I'm the only one left. And God told him no. God told him no. I have 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Reserved. Preserved. There's always been few in number. But blessed is the nation. Blessed is the nation. Oh, I like that. I do. What did Christ himself tell us? There are few whose God is the Lord. There are few whose God is the Lord. You don't have to turn there, but it's in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Say this, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And wait a minute, here it is. And many there be which go in thereat. You want to know where the many are? They're not in the narrow way. They're not going through the straight gate. Because he continues, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Understand, broad is that way that leads to destruction. And many go that way. Nothing is any different now than when he said this 2,000 years ago. There's not a bit of difference. And there's not a bit of difference in this part either. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. Life. And there are few, few there be, that find it. Then the Lord of glory said this. Right after he said that. This is verse 15 of Matthew 7. Beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. What have we got all around us right now today? I'm going to tell you, false prophets. If you say anything different than this, it's false prophets. Why? Which come to you in sheep's clothing. Oh, yeah, they'll pretend. Don't be amazed when Satan's ministers appear as ministers of light. Why? Oh, he was an angel of light. And you understand... Satan's not worried about dealing with the darkness because the darkness is dark. What is earlier? He doesn't go to the beer joints and the pool halls. He doesn't need to. Satan does his worst work, his best work from his point of view, his worst work from our point of view, in churches. In churches. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. What is it? They want to eat the sheep. They want to fleece the sheep. They want to live off of the sheep. What is it? Blessed are those whose Elohim is Yahweh, whose God is the Lord. And here's the other part. And watch out for those who are not. Watch out. Watch out. Because here it is. 
Blessed is the people whom he hath, and I love this, chosen. Chosen. Now, I'm going to admit to it. I like being chosen. You understand? One of the most humiliating things in your life when you're a kid is not being chosen to play on the softball team. Not being chosen to play basketball. That's humiliating. But sometimes it's well-deserved. <laughs> can't help it. I'll be honest. Sometimes it's well-deserved. But this is what we're talking about here. That was on merit. On my ability to not play softball or baseball or basketball. No. This is God's choice here. This is God's choice here. Because here it is. It's amazing to see in the scriptures how many times it says God has chosen his people. It's everywhere. What is it? Well, I'm just going to give you three here in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. Why? The Lord thy God hath chosen thee. To be, not because you were, to be a special people, and here's the glorious part, unto himself. Unto himself. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And then in Deuteronomy 14, verse 2, he says almost exactly the same thing. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. What? Yahweh thy Elohim. And the Lord hath chosen you, chosen thee to be a peculiar people, and here it is again, unto himself. Unto himself. You are not a chosen people unto the world, but you're a chosen people unto God. Oh, that's even much better. Above all the nations that are upon the earth. And Peter let us know about what God said in verse in those verses in Deuteronomy, because Peter wrote this speaking to believers in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9 in the New Testament. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and, and holy nation. There's the nation right there. A peculiar people that there's a purpose. For us being a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, I like that. I do. God chose to call out his people. And God chose the people he chose to call out. Out of darkness, and not just in the light, uh, into his marvelous light, his holy light, his holy son, who is the light. Oh, that's good stuff there. You understand, we are told that our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever he hath pleased. You know what that means? He has done whatsoever he hath chosen to do. Oh, yeah. God said to Moses, 
I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And I'll show mercy to whom I will show mercy. Understand, God chooses his people. God has chosen his people. Let's put it that way. <coughs> God's choice comes from God's will. And he hath chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Oh, my goodness. And he shows mercy to whom he will show mercy. And I'll put on this at the end, when he will show that mercy. When God separated Paul from his mother's womb and brought him forth, he was a Pharisee for a good while. He was on the road to Damascus before God chose to reveal himself to him. And when Paul was on the road to Damascus sitting in the dust and the guy said, Lord, Lord, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Saul of Tarsus had looked at him and said, Lord, who are you? But he had separated him from his mother's womb and called him by his grace right here. And he had to say, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. The Lord had chosen Paul, Saul of Tarsus, and called him Paul. And then this last point here. Specifically, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen, what? For his own inheritance. You understand, think about this. We have a bunch of laws in this country that deal with inheritance. And a uh, matter of fact, as far as I know, about every country has inheritance laws. What a person can do or not do. But according to these laws, I can leave my money, such as it is, all right, to anybody I choose. It's up to me. I can leave it all to one person and nothing to another, or I can leave part of it here and part of it here and part of it here. You can actually, and this has been done in wheels, you can leave it to a home for stray cats. You can leave it to your cats or dogs. That has been done. See, understand, it's my inheritance. I can give it out however I want. Why won't people let God do that? Why won't they? I can tell you why. I can tell you exactly why. Without faith, no explanation will suffice. <laughs> That's right. Without faith, there's no understanding. That you understand. This is God's inheritance. It's not my inheritance, it's not your inheritance, it's God's inheritance, and he can give it to whomsoever he chooses. And he is giving it to whomsoever he chooses, whether you know it or not, whether I know it or not, whether anybody likes it or not. God does it, what's it say? It's forever. It's forever. It's his inheritance, his own inheritance. And here's the thing, though. Truly blessed are the people who do understand. 
Oh, I like that. Truly blessed are the people who do understand because truly blessed are his chosen. This nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen, they are the ones that are truly blessed. Yahweh Elohim has chosen his people for his inheritance. And if you've got a problem with that, you're going to have to take it up with him because I'm not going to argue about it. And I'm not going to explain it. But I will proclaim it. I will preach it. You understand, he chose to lift up the poor from the dunghill. Or the dust, excuse me. And he chose to lift the beggar off of the dunghill. And then he chose to sit them both, the poor and the beggar, with princes. It's his choice. It's his work. And it's his inheritance to say who gets it. Oh, he chose us sinners from before the foundation of the world. He chose his people in Christ Jesus to be holy and without blame before him in love. Oh, because here's the thing. Believers, this what? Blessed is this nation and the people whom he hath chosen. These people are heirs of God. And joint heirs with Jesus Christ. It's his inheritance. And you know what? He's given it to his chosen. Oh, I like that. I do. Because here's the thing. Believers are going to sit and to eat at his table. Believers are going to have the robe of righteousness which is Christ Jesus. He is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And you know what that means. Believers have wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption in Christ Jesus. Oh, I like his inheritance. <laughs> I do. I like his inheritance because here it is. What is it? This blessed nation, the people whose God is the Lord, are predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Amen. That's right. Oh, my. Is that not a good inheritance? Oh. Oh. Believers are going to see him as he is. Not how anybody thinks he is, as he really is. Now, that's an inheritance. Ah. Matter of fact, one day, this earth is going to pass away and melt with a fervent heat. I know a lot of people don't believe that. That's your problem. That's, you know, I got, I, it's in the book. And it says what it means, and it means what it says. And there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. What is it? Wherein dwells righteousness. And I wish I could lay hold of that right now. Because I don't have any idea what how good that's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be good. But I got no idea how good that's going to be because I, you know, Walter and I, I mentioned it this morning, in my flesh still dwelleth no good thing. 
and I'll use part of what I told you, Walter. In my flesh, I'm still an idiot. But thank God he didn't leave me in my flesh. Thank God he didn't leave me in my flesh. Because here it is. With man, this is impossible. This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. The Lord God has a people. And the Lord God has always had a people. And the Lord God always will have a people. And his people are those whom he has chosen. The father gave this people to his son before the foundation of the world. They are chosen in Christ and given to Christ. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ redeemed them. He performed the redemption. Understand, redemption is not anything we do. We don't even obtain it. He obtained it. He obtained eternal redemption. Who? For us. For us. And he did this how many times? Once. 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 You understand? Once is enough when God does it. Once is more than enough when God does it. Because it's forever. Oh, I like that. He chose us and redeemed us, and he reconciled us to the Father. And he, for whom is all things, and by whom are all things, he is right now bringing many sons to glory. And you know who they are? They are the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Ah, I like that. God's people, God's blessed nation, whose God is the Lord, have an inheritance with Christ Jesus. Verse 18, here in Psalm 33. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. He watches over us. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them. Not looking for him. He already knows where you are. He's watching. He's watching. Oh, I like that. Ah, uh, what? In verse 18, he watches us. In verse 19, it says he keeps us. To, to deliver their soul from death. And to keep them alive in famine. Uh, our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. And here, for our heart, verse 21, for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. And here's why you trusted. Because you're chosen. And he calls you out. And he gives you faith. He gives you life. And then he gives you faith. And you believe his word. And his word is full of this. He, our hearts shall rejoice at him. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them to deliver their soul from death. Ah, man. We sing a song. There's a couple of verses in it. Deep in unfathomable, 
and unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, never-failing skill. He treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will.